Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. morning and welcome to Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner's GA podcast. Firstly, a big thanks to Tony Lean for keeping the hot seat warm and hopefully we can continue where he left off. Now, there's no lack of talking points from the weekend with happy faces in Cork, Waterford and Roscommon this morning while the soul searching is in full swing in Clare, Kilkenny and in Galway. Thurless and the Munster Hurling final is our starting point. Michael Moynihan was there for us. And Michael, it felt like the end of a famine for the Rebels. I think in the Miners winning as well, there was kind of a long day. And I think because it was in Thurless and there was more of a sense of occasion. And people felt, um, you know, it's a particularly new team and a young team. So even though it's three years since they won a Munster title, there was that sense of a, of a new dawn. And I suppose a famine ending, yeah, definitely. Paint a picture of the, the day in Thurles. You've gone to plenty of Munster finals, but looking at the Cork crowd there, it, it seemed like they outnumbered their, the Clare uh, equivalent by 2-1. to one. Yeah, I think I think the, just the momentum is behind Cork. I mean, it's always a surprise to me that Clare don't travel to matches. Um, you know, it's nearly 20 years since they won a Munster final. They have an abysmal record in Munster. You would have thought that even though Cork were slight favourites, that they would back themselves and think, well, you know, we've no reason to be nervous at Cork and we've beaten them before, etc. But, I mean, they were vastly outnumbered, I would say. It was at least 3-1. to one. And even though I thought the Cork winners were better than Clare, I would certainly think the margin of victory in that game was reflected by the fact that most of the Cork support were in at least by half-time in the minor match, which is a little unusual. Mm. And, you know, it must be intimidating for 18-year-olds to have, to be for, from the Clare perspective, to be playing basically against the entire the entire stadium as well as a, a good opposition. OK. Uh, not not a classic Munster final by any manner means, though? No, but the way the way the two teams play, they kind of hit each other on the counter, etc. Plus, like, in fairness, Cork dictated the play totally. I mean, it was very surprising and I would say disappointing from a Clare perspective that apart from a, maybe a 10-minute spell in the second half when they got a goal and a couple of points, that they never really had a period where they could say they were motoring and really on top and needed to press press on, even though they created goal chances. So, like, the way Cork are playing, they they can kind of hit that intensity, and I, I think teams are surprised by that, and it takes them a while to get the grips with it. And, you know, Cork should be very proud of the conditioning of the team. Declan O'Sullivan's done a very good job because that's the third game and they're already they finished stronger than their opponents and outscore them coming down the stretch Okay, in terms of dictating the play how much of it goes back to Anthony Nash and I think you alluded to the fact there he's, his restarts are on the, the Stephen Cluxton level Yeah you see kind of like Cluxton either you push up and you mark everybody or you fall back and if you push up he'll bomb the ball 90 yards and put your half backs under pressure and rotate the half forwards to that point. If you pull back as Clare did, 
you're just given a free puck that is going to land in your own for a forward line from someone like Damien Callan or Cullum Spillane. Like I was amazed that like Don Maloney put a strong defensive at afterwards. But I was amazed they didn't push up because every time Catalan got the ball, he landed in the Corkscliff corner and they must have got six points out of it because their backs couldn't cope, Clear They were pulling fellas down, giving away cheap, easy frees or else Cork were getting scores. So, you know, tactically, the fear that Nash inspires in other teams now is a huge weapon for Cork because yeah. it's, it's just like Gaelic football. Do we push up and take a chance? Or do we fall back and let them pick us off from, from distance? Well, was there a feeling, though, that Clare were probably too structured in their defensive setup? Well, the thing with Clare, I think there's a general acceptance is that they've lethal forwards, but that their backs are a little bit vulnerable. And the way they rotated guys to try and get them off yellow cards, they were taking defenders off, they were putting defenders on. I think Eamon Fitzmaurice had a couple of years ago, when you're putting on defenders, it's always a bad sign. You're on the back foot. And I think Davy got a lot of unfair criticism, Davy Fitzgerald, for playing a sweeper. But obviously, Davy didn't have faith in the defence in six. He wanted a seventh guy to kind of sweep and float and, and, and back them up. And I think Clare, in a funny situation, oh, do they stick or twist? You know, they have the forwards who are as good as anybody's, but they just look vulnerable at the back. I mean, they're they're a bit, when I say loose, they're inclined to give away easy freeze, you know, and... and Soft, he's right in front of the goal, and they don't snuff things out at, at source. And for that reason, I'd be I'd be nervous enough with them against Tipperary. Okay, talk about uh, Alan Cadigan's goal and the importance of that. Well, Cadigan is in, you know, red hot form, so quick, so brave. Every time he gets the ball, he just goes for goal, and that's always a nightmare for a defender because it now seems to be a template. He gets his man a yellow card early on, so straight away. His marker is under pressure, you know, not to pull him down and not to get sent off. The fact that Cork to create space in front of him, even though everybody knows they're going to do that, um, again is going to be interesting in the next game because they'll probably end up or possibly end up playing a team that has already played them. So you you know to an extent what they're going to do, but there isn't a way to counter that and have a structured defence. If you let someone fall back in front of Cadigan as Cork did a few years ago with Owen Kelly. They dropped Sean O'Galpin five or ten yards off his man, and his man, Reds were great, he got a couple of points, but Kelly didn't get much from playing that one a monster final for Cork. So if you do that against Cadigan, you're going to ship points from like Shane Kingston and these guys further out the field. So that's going to be a, a quandary for the next team because Cadigan is in red-hot form. And I mean, pace in all sports is, is lethal, but when you have pace and when you're plucky, when you're willing to go for goal, um, man known well you never see a, a slow coward but if you've speed and bravery which Cadigan has you have a huge weapon and especially in Croke Park that's going to be so dangerous because there's so much room it was really noticeable yesterday the way both teams wanted every last inch and that's why he said there was false wides they were trying to play the ball into the corner it just overran a yeah. couple of times for both teams because they both try and play that way and certainly in, in Croke Park I'd say there's a couple of couple of cornerbacks will have some some nervous nights out of that game. Tony Kelly's penalty going over the bar, how big of a let-off was that? It was a huge let-off because, um, you know, if they'd scored that, it would have been a totally different ball game. But, you know, it's ifs and buts. I, he was obviously going for a goal because you could see that from his own reaction. He put his hands up to his head straight away. He was obviously trying to stitch it into the corner. Into the um, it's, look, those are the margins, six inches further down. It's a goal, and 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 the the dynamic is different. 
I wouldn't be one of these people who say, oh, well, Cork would have won anyway, or, or Clare would have definitely won. But it, it would certainly it would certainly have changed how Clare set up, not so much Cork. I, do, I just think Cork have bought into their game plan so much that it almost doesn't matter when they concede a goal. They just stick to what they're doing, and it's noticeable every time they concede a goal. They've always gotten a couple of points, and they don't panic, which is unusual for a young team. But certainly, I mean, Kelly, if he had scored that, probably would have brought him on a little bit as well, even though he had a very good game, no in fairness. Um, and a couple of the wides he had, you know, people were criticising him afterwards. But, I mean, you know, he's good enough to score from 80 or 90 yards. So, you know, you want him on the ball there. You want him to, to have those shots. Concerns for Cork. Obviously, the as we've seen in the past, the length of the layoff between winning a provincial final to contesting an All-Ireland semi-final must be the, the biggest issue for Kieran Kingston. Yeah, and they're young players as well, a lot of them. I mean... There's a turnover, we think, of nine players since, or nine players who are absent from the 2013 team. Um, so it'll be new to them. And I, I think that is probably worth a point or two to the opposition, not talking Cork up. But, you know, somebody like Tipperary, if they play Tipperary, are there so, have been there so much. Um, I think they are going to play club matches. And you see, one thing feeds another two. They, you know, I know the Cork managers are very strong about them playing for the clubs and playing well for their clubs. So I think. Letting them back to their clubs is a good idea to have around the matches to let them decompress and build it up again. It's going to be interesting because, of course, the under-21s, there's 12 of the panel who are on the under-21 selection for Thursday night, so you have that. You've club, So they won't be short of matches. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's just been a huge challenge for, for a lot of teams. I mean, I think Kilkenny are the only team, really, who successfully bridged that all the time, but they had a, such a slow kind of tapering drive for years that they were able to tailor their preparation so yeah that's that's the big that's the big challenge for Kieran Kingston and thanks indeed to Michael Moynihan for his viewpoints on the action in Thurles on Sunday now a little after the game Peter McNamara caught up with Cork manager Kieran Kingston along with members of the Victoria squad Kieran Kingston there probably isn't any better feeling so far and <laughs> manager know what's happened today yeah I mean it's just fantastic we're delighted with the win of course uh, it's been a very tough muscle campaign uh, at the start of the year uh, it was made that uh, like we were rank outsiders, and uh, um, it was a tough, a tough campaign. We started preparing for this last last July after we beat by Wexford so twelve months at that time. That match, reflecting on that match, we go back to that match against Wexford down here. It's a million miles from there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Look, it is. Thankfully. Uh, um, as I said, we started preparing. We learned a lot of lessons last year. Uh, we started preparing for this, uh, and we've had three tough games, and we're delighted. We're delighted, we're delighted with the win. We're delighted where we are. But look, it's um, supposed a few things. The first one today was very good day for Cork hurling. It's not about us. There's a minus. We're fantastic today. They had a super win. First time both teams were in the were in the um, in the final eleven years. Uh, so congratulations to them. We're delighted for them. Uh, and they were with us before the game there. Uh, Twenty-one to be a big game on Thursday night. It must be final down in Wall. That's a big game for them. So we we, we keep an eye on that one. And uh, we have to. Well, we're delighted with the win. We have to keep it in context. And the last time, the last time we won, um, we won the most championship 2014. Uh, we've only won two in 11 years. But the last time we won one in 2014, we got a less than a semi-final afterwards. Temporary. When you, when you go back in 2014, no one thinks about. Um, the most championship you're thinking about the lesser cock off the rail. So we have to keep our What's different about this group? It's a gradual progression. Um, there's a lot of things different. To be honest, a lot of changes have taken place in the last.
last eight or ten months in terms of personnel, backroom, uh, the panel players themselves, everything has changed. Like, you take over a job in start of November and you get 50 odd people together between players and management. Next thing, 68 weeks later, you're playing matches and so you have no lead, really leading. You should be playing leading since last July. So it's totally different. We're going to handle that bit of a break now until the semi final of the All Ireland. Yeah, so, so look, I mean, we, 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 got a, we got a strong lesson in 2014 from Timoreri to the All Ireland semi final. Um, we get players back to our club for, for a week or two and we get together there. Has that been one of the positives, the fact that the players have gone back to the clubs and play with their clubs and it can be done? You don't have to rock them on Cottonwood. Yeah, well, we, we, we sort of took that decision start of the year. We've only had a two-week lead in leading to each of our games. We've only had a two-week lead in. Uh, we played for champions two weeks beforehand and that's just the way we've done it. Man of the match from the Munster Senior Hurling final, Alan Cadigan. Now, obviously, you're not going to throw it to me and say that I was brilliant today, the whole team was. But in fairness, the whole team have been brilliant for the whole three matches of the championship, haven't they? Yeah, to be fair, look, everyone's putting in a good shift. Um, the chaotic game out there, and uh, even though I got man of the match, anyone inside the dish could have got it. Uh, everyone's working extremely hard. Uh, it shows the work rate that is out there, and it's a share of the middle forward. Why, why was that missing in the past, Alan? And why is it, like, what's different now? Why is that intensity there now that maybe wasn't there before? Because we all know you could play at a ridiculously high skill level, but the intensity is probably lacking in the past. But no, it's incredible. Yeah, look, as I said, um, five or six younger lads brought into the panel this year. They bring a bit of freshness, good experience being young and old. Uh, and everyone, as I said, is working extremely hard for each other. Uh, we're a very tight, uh, tight bunch. Um, I suppose uh, one difference 12 months makes as well. Uh, so as I said, look, we're delighted to uh, be Munster champions and uh, we get back to the drawing board and we enjoy tonight. Just a word on the, the background staff, like Sir Keegan coming in there, performance coaches in the leagues. Their influence on the team. Yeah, Gary has helped us in uh, various capacities. You know, uh, he's helped us uh, on and off the field, but once he crossed that white line, it's the 15 fellas that take to the pitch. And he's helped us and taking responsibility, we're taking ownership of our own performances, uh, both individually and also collectively, and I think we've sought that out there today. And you're going into an Ireland semi-final now. Fair to say, nobody expected that at the start of the year, yet all you're there, and it's a wide open championship. People talking about the strength, physical strength of Galway and Tipperary coming through your back door and whatnot. But Cork are in a really decent position now. Yeah, I suppose we asked any court public out there at the start of the year, and they'd laugh at you if they said that we're, we're in this position right now. Uh, but we know ourselves, we've been in a huge shift over the last six, seven months. Uh, we knew ourselves what we were capable of. Uh, last year we didn't do ourselves justice. Uh, and I think this year Egan brought in both players, management, and we just took it step by step, month by month, and game by game. And uh, we just took Tipperary, Waterford, and uh, Clare today, obviously, and it's just uh, another stepping stone in their journey. Is there a little bit of extra satisfaction in the sense that you won it the hard way, winning three games on the spin? Um, as I said there earlier, look, we're taking it game by game. We're not, we'll enjoy it tonight, we won't get too carried away, we're in an all-around semi-final, that's where we wanted to be, uh, we're not going to get too complacent, we've a huge amount of work to do, obviously that performance there today, we won't do in wherever we play in an all-around semi-final, so we'll enjoy it tonight and we'll get back to the drawing board next week. Congratulations, we're here on Asia Examiner J podcast with selector Pat Ryan, Corker, Munster Senior Hurling Champions Pat. Your coaching has been incredibly infectious in the team in the most, in the most productive of ways. Yeah, look, I don't know, but I suppose they're going to go to coaching the start of the year, like it's all under the Kieran's, Kieran's direction and stuff like that, you know. But um, look, it's very much a group effort between all the selectors and Don Lomani and the backing team as well, you know, and also Shane Christian with Declan Sullivan. So look, 
been a huge team effort from everyone to get to where we are today, but uh, look, um, this wasn't knuckle hurling today, like, we're getting into the knuckle stages of, of the next competition, so look, we're delighted, we've, we've won the Munster Championship, that was our aim, and look, we'll take the next game as it comes and we'll, we'll get a chance. The one notable feature from Cork this year is that the Rebels seem to be playing matches on their terms rather than the opposition's. Well, I suppose, look, we were concentrating on that an awful lot, you know, we're trying to put our game plan on it or, and play to our strengths, because looking for honest, you just can't, you can't really account for everything what other teams will do, you know, there's so many different tactical changes that can happen in looking from goal. It'll be mind-boggling, really thinking about what teams can do and what they can't do, you know, and so it's very easier to concentrate on yourself and try and maybe pick up things as things go in the match, and that's what, that's what we're trying to do, and but I suppose that's where we were, trying to get our own game situation in play, and our game plan in play first, and then you can develop it as it goes on, you know. Been do you did it with Sars, you're doing it with Cork, you've the Midas touch. What is the most important thing that was the most positive thing for you today in terms of the coaching for looking out from the outside in? Look at the actual coaching attitude. Look at everything, any sport involved in this attitude. It's all about what the fellas want to work or don't want to work. We've, um, we've a good bunch of maybe 34, 35 players that want to work. We've a very good group of fellas in the under 21 panel as well that come in and help us out for matches and stuff like that. And they're unbelievable, incredible when they come into us, you know, for fellas that are probably not getting much, you know, they won't get much game time with the senior, but looking down the line, you know, so we got the attitude, work rate, and effort is, is the first thing you look to in the coaching side of things. And after that, look, I suppose, one thing I suppose about coaching side, we, we try to be positive with the lads, is just positivity and go out and make mistakes and go out and have a cut and attack the ball. And I think that's that's the one thing that we're delighted with today. Claire racked up a number of ways, I think it was in the region of 14. Um, so they, they did have chances, but at the same time, I, I felt you'd have to feel like Cotton managed the game quite well after Alan Callan got the goal. Yeah, well, I suppose look, look, we, we felt look, I think a lot of those shots were from wides of the field, you know. Um, look, we had a good few, we had a good few um, our wides ourselves, you know, and they were very close in ones that were probably ones that you should be scoring. I think a lot of their frees were, were pot shots more than anything, and um, we were very conscious that we wanted to keep them outside the 45 as such and, and, and force them to score from out there, force them to beat us from out there, you know. I think they only did one shot and goal, really, maybe towards the end, and, uh, and teams were lucky enough to save it, you know, but um, but we look at that in the video and train rectify that for the next step. Well, that was the action in uh, Simple Stadium on Sunday afternoon, but there was uh, plenty of uh, big matches in uh, Thurless on Saturday as well, and John Fogarty was there for us. And uh, John, eventually, after how many years of trying, 58 years I think it is, uh, Watford ends the Kilkenny hoodoo, uh, not before time, and a massive monkey off their backs now. Uh, it, it, it's huge for them, Colin. It's huge for them. You could see the delight. Derek McGrath was, he was emotional after the game, and understandably so, because um, there's been a lot of criticism of it, a lot, plenty of it in his own county. Um, but you know, when it, when the, the record, they won't be able to take this one away from him, and to be the first manager, Waterford manager, to uh, to lead. Uh, to, to lead the county to a success against Kilkenny in, in 58 years, you know, in championship hurling. It's, it, it, it was quite the feat, um, as much as looking at the last 10 minutes of normal time there, I, I certainly sensed that Waterford weren't just playing Kilkenny. I think it dawned on them, just like it did last mm -hmm. year, that they were within um, a hair's breadth of, uh, of beating or fighting history. And... Um, it, 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 it affected them. You could see they went into their shell. They certainly shriveled. That's what the sense I got. But they came out in, into uh, additional time. Certainly the likes of Jimmy Barron with uh, uh, renewed and revigored, <coughs> revigorated, I should say. And um, it was quite an accomplishment for them. Uh, I think a case, of, you know, obviously they're uh, they're still not performing as well as they would like. Um, but I think there's a lot of extenuating circumstances given the history that they have with Kilkenny 
um, you know, to Kenny, they die with their boots on. That's the cliche, but it's true. It's very true. Um, you know, they're, they're certainly a, not the team that they were, but uh, just like they proved in, in situations against Limerick, even against Water, uh, Wexford at stages, um, they're a team very difficult to beat, as, if not world beaters anyway. We'll come back to Kilkenny and the match itself in a moment, John. But just how much pressure do you think Derek McGrath was under within the county, given what had happened in the last game against Cork? There would have been a lot, Colm. Uh, a lot of people fancied um, them to go on and win the Munster title to avenge the couple of defeats that they've had at the hands of Tipperary over the last while. They were uh, deserved second favourites uh, for, for Munster this year, but obviously they, 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 they met an irresistible force in that court team. Um, um, speaking to Stephen O'Keefe for Saturday's paper, he was making the point that too much was made of that defeat and I, I would tend to agree with him I thought there was flashes of excellence there now from Waterford at stages against Cork as much as they weren't able to see it out um, you could see that they were a little bit more conventional against Cork but over the last couple of games they've gone towards something that they 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 know a little bit more of you know the likes of the Burka uh, I, you know I would imagine that's a real um, poke in the eye for critics of the sweeper system that tied the Burke was man at the match for the TV man at the match anyway Jimmy Barron was my guy but that uh, the sweeper tied the Burke was man at the match they had a spare man there with their fives as well and you know Kilkenny found it so difficult to break them break them open um, and I felt Kilkenny played into their hands a lot of bit uh, because if Kilkenny had been a little bit more conventional then I think they would have asked questions of of, of more questions of Waterford but uh, it, it didn't come to pass and for McGrath it, it's, it's a huge thing because players a lot of players both privately and publicly who he would have played alongside um, have been very fierce in the criticism of him uh, who believe that you know he's been shackling Waterford over the last while but you know, I think they are, you know, next to Tipperary and Galway, the most consistent team over the last three seasons. So, you know, and especially with the draw, they're going to be playing a team that, you know, are almost a mirror image of them in, in Wexford. And, you know, the, it, Watford will obviously be fancy because they're a little bit further down the road than, than Wexford in terms of development. But um, it, it was a good day for McGrath and it, it'd be very difficult to take it uh, or to try and, uh, you know, take it away from him. I, I go back to Kerry beating Tyrone um, it, that year that Donegal won the All Ireland, and you know people saying that you know Kilkenny, uh, Kerry people were satisfied that they you know got that monkey off their backs and and beaten Tyrone regardless of how the the rest of the season went. Now obviously Watford want to push on from this, but to get this monkey off their backs in the form of Kilkenny is a huge thing, and you know all credit to McGrath for that. Okay, there was a great line in Anthony Daly's column in the uh, in the Irish Examiner today about uh, Kilkenny. They're like an old rock band, he said, well past their sell-by date, but still able to bang out classics. You got, you did get that feeling, and you mentioned it there earlier, John, down that stretch, that 10 minutes, these guys, they just refused to die, and you know, would we have been surprised if Kilkenny had snatched it at the end? No, we wouldn't. No, no, you wouldn't. Now, obviously, the, there was a bit of luck attached to it. I don't think the goal should have stood whatsoever. Um, I thought Colin Fenley, you know, Austin Gleeson was blown in the first half for uh, for for charging, and I, I felt Colin Fenley charged even more. So it was a lot more deliberate in in trying to force his way into the area um, for for that TJ Reid goal. But again, there was something you know almost 
predictable. It was in the script. I, 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 I wasn't being any Nostradamus or anything like that. I when I tweeted, uh, there's a Kilkenny goal coming. Um, we're just so used to it at this stage, and you would almost, you know, you'd almost wonder if if Waterford were institutionalized like that. If you know there was a self uh, perpetuation of doom there, in that they were expecting it, um, you know, like it was almost Kilkenny's turn to get a purple patch in. Mm-hmm. We they've done it so many times in the past that it, it they don't know when they're beaten, and and that that's the thing I think that's going to sustain Kilkenny into next year again. Like I think it's going to actually excite Cody. I think I fully believe he's going to stay on for next season. Um, uh, as much as he was trying to differentiate himself, his future from the uh, Kilkenny's future. When I asked him after the game on Saturday, uh, I, I, I just I, I think there's too much of a challenge here for him. I think there's so much coming good coming down the line from the other 21s, particularly from the the Kilkenny miners. You know, as much as Cork Miners now look uh, a real force and look strong for an All-Ireland, Kilkenny will fancy themselves too, uh, considering they know Crow Park a lot more than this Cork side, you know, this Cork side of youngsters. And this, the, uh, you, look at, you look at the likes of Richie Lahey and how he performed coming off the bench, Blanchfield, there's guys like that there, I would imagine that Cody will only love to, to get in and, and coach. Now, he might change his backroom team, but I think come November we'll be hearing the usual... Uh, uh, statements from uh, Kilkenny that Brian Cody has agreed to stay on for another season. Yeah, about 10 o'clock on a Monday night is the usual uh, <laughs> drop time on that, isn't it? Um, a, a lot of talk, John, about uh, unrest and unhappiness in the Tipperary camp. Well, if that is the case, then every camp should be following that template given their performance against uh, Dublin in the uh, curtain raiser on Saturday evening. Does the final scoreline 626 to 119 say more about Tipperary or does it say more about where Dublin are at? Um, I, I, I felt it, was, it said more about Dublin on the day. Uh, like, uh, it, 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 I won't say the it obviously didn't flatter Tipperary because they created eight goal chances but then Dublin created three goal chances themselves. So... Um, you know, you have to consider it like that. Like Callanan was extraordinary there, um, and I would, uh, I would give him a hell of a lot of credit because considering how poor he was the previous weekend, um, and you know he was so poor that Michael Ryan took him off. Um, I think we've seen that as well. You know, the the, the best teams at the at this moment in time, there are no uh, sacred cows. I, I I felt there were sacred cows in that Kilkenny team on the other night I think Michael Fenley should have been taken off a lot earlier uh, a lot earlier than he was I think he was injured by by the end of it now obviously Michael Fenley has had a poor time of it um, injury wise but you know we've seen Austin Gleeson being taken off we've seen my, uh, Seamus Callanan being taken off two hurler of the year contenders last year and uh, obviously Gleeson winning it and um, you know Michael Ryan I think he was trying to send out a statement and taking off uh, Callanan there um, last weekend and geez, what, what a return because he was up against you know Ono Donald who was one of the best full backs in the country this year up until the last couple of games he had a very fine league and uh, was definitely one of the fines for, for Dublin this year under Jerry Cunningham but you could see the Callan and his his his, uh, his all round game like obviously he got the hat trick of goals Colin, but the, the passes his array of passes he's putting in some beautiful balls for uh, for his fellow uh, forwards there and like he is a two time hurler of the year candidate so you know class is permanent as, class is permanent as they say so I wasn't expecting him to be down for too long as much as own Kelly was saying last week that you wouldn't be surprised if Callanan was dropped but there are still issues like Roland Maher's form isn't all that 
great like he was uh, you, you know he was inspirational for Tipperary last year but when he doesn't have the ball and when he's turned he has looked a little bit slack and there's still a couple of issues in the full back line like James Barry proved to be a very good centre back last year for for, um, for for Tipperary during the league before Rowan Omar came in and Barry had to move back so it might be an idea I don't think you know, experimentation is probably not the name of the game when you come to all Ireland quarterfinals, uh, particularly against the Clare side. That will be, you know, smarting after uh, what happened yesterday. But uh, it is an option if Michael Ryan chooses to to go with it to to move Barry out, maybe even to move Rona Mar into the corner because Rona Mar would seem to me to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, more suited to to that sort of situation than James Barry, who looks like a, a central figure. Uh, um, but you know, the, 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 the one huge thing apart from Callan and for me at the weekend, from a Tipperary perspective, was just how good Bonnermar was. He brings such a work ethic. Uh, he keeps other guys honest. Like they, lo- you can see it, that they look to him as a, as the guy who uh, is the, you know, who sets the bar in terms of the amount of effort and commitment that he puts in. And he was so sorely missed again in the court game, but um, the word was before the Offaly game he was going absolutely fantastic in training. And I think we saw it uh, at the weekend. Like next to Callanan, he was the, he was the man of the match for me for for Tipperary. And with guys like him in in, in good fettle, you would imagine that. You can understand why Tipperary are fancied to be clear the next day. And is it fair to say that this was probably Ger Cunningham's last game in charge of Dublin? Yeah, it's my understanding that he's he's told the county board already, Cullum, that uh, he will not be seeking to extend his term. And you know, it's it's you know there were so high, so many high hopes for Cunningham. Like obviously, he's proven himself at club level with the likes of Bally Gunner. He's a two-time All Ireland winning selector at Cork. Um, probably should have been the Cork manager by this stage if it wasn't for some politics and some disagreements but um, it hasn't gone well obviously it hasn't gone well you know relegation I'm I'm writing a bill for tomorrow's paper that you know back in 2011 the blue wave the strategic plan um, the Dublin set out very ambitiously mind you but they set it out that they wanted to win an All-Ireland every five years well by next year that won't be achieved by next year it'll be five years since uh, it'll be five years since Dublin last played an All-Ireland series game which was the semi-final in Crow Park so that leaves a lot to be desired um, you know there's already calls for Anthony Daly of our own parish to come back there um, certainly he is a uniting, for- a uniting force he knows the lie of the land there he would he would certainly bring the clans back together he would he would uh, he would uh, break bread with a lot of guys who seem disenchanted and completely disillusioned by the Jerry Cunningham era. Um, now a lot of those guys are a few years on, uh, but obviously you know besides Liam Rush and Ryan O'Dwyer, there's a lack of leadership there in that Dublin group. There's a lot of good underage guys coming forward and what have you. But um, you know all the good work that was done under the Daily era, the, the Daily era seemed to have been undone. Uh, you know. Now, there there might be arguments to say that, you know, Jerry Cunningham certainly wasn't at all at fault for all of that. You know, some players might have had great designs about themselves, but then some some didn't and they were jettisoned or, you know, at least uh, made to feel as if they weren't wanted. And there's a huge rebuilding job and there certainly will be a honeymoon period for whoever Cunningham's successor is. But at the same time, it has to be a statement. It has to be a big name because... Dublin hurling, um, you know, they, they've 
they've set out their stall, they've talked to the talk, um, but when you see them, what they did at the weekend with uh, organising club league fixtures to clash with the the the, the hardest game in Turles, um, you know, it doesn't it it doesn't send out the right message. The optics just don't look good in that camp. Okay, some might have said the optics weren't looking good in Roscommon when they appointed an outside manager in Kevin McStay, but uh, those critics and naysayers were uh, given an answer yesterday in Pier Stadium. Incredible result by Roscommon in the Connacht final, uh, beating a fancied Galway. Did you see it uh, coming? Um, no, m- much like uh, our man John Divley, I fancied Roscommon to to put uh, you know to put Galway close. I just felt that Galway had more in the forward line. Um, but again. Um, Galway, they. I just don't like the way they they play their football. Column now, um, you know, it's all a matter of opinion. But I, 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 I think they play with fear. I think they play as if they're set up to be hard to beat. Whereas they have a forward line now that should strike fear in a lot of teams, like the likes of Coma Walsh, obviously. Um, you know, Sean Armstrong. His uh, obviously he's in the he's enjoying an Indian summer now in his career and and what have you. But and it was very good against Mayo. But Roscommon played with positivity, and it, 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 I know a lot of people are saying it that you know they 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 played like you know they wanted to win, whereas Galway played like they wanted to just not be beaten. And um, it, 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 it really was a good day for football as much as the, the conditions obviously weren't great. And it was, obviously, we have to talk about Kevin McStay as well. And everyone's speaking about it, considering the criticism that was thrown at him earlier in the year from inside the county. Um, it was it, it was great to see for a guy who's been much maligned in that in that regard. Um, I don't see Kevin McStay staying on after this year, year but you know what, to go out uh, uh, like oh, to go out with a conic title and listen during the All Ireland quarterfinals now, and they will pose a, a difficulty to to whoever comes through the qualifiers. Certainly on that on that on that side, but um, um, for McStay, you could see he you know he left for the dressing room before the final whistle. Um, I say he just wanted a moment of reflection to himself and to 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 uh, to enjoy it because I'd say he was quite emotional because you could see it earlier in the year that what was being said about him, what was being thrown at him, really really hurt him considering he's lived in Roscommon for so long. Um, again, a good day for the outside manager and a good day for the for for the underdogs and football too. And thanks indeed to John Fogarty for his overview of the weekend action. That's where we have to leave it for this Monday. Thanks indeed to all our contributors and thanks indeed to Larry Ryan, our producer this morning. We're back again next Monday. Hopefully you'll be able to join us for that. Don't forget you can log on to irishexaminer.com forward slash paper talk or you can track us down on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 